I want to start my message today by asking kind of a funny question. Have you ever heard of UFC? It stands for Ultimate Fight Club. UFC is kind of a combination of boxing and wrestling and the martial arts without any gloves on your hands. Now, I was never a boxer or a martial arts fighter, although you might want to have a talk sometime with Pastor Jake because he actually is uh, quite uh, skilled in jujitsu. I was never into martial arts or boxing, but as a kid, I, I was on a wrestling team for several years. In fact, in seventh grade, I was even on track to try out for the Junior Olympics in Mexico City, but alas, I broke my collarbone in a wrestling match, and that was the end of my wrestling career. The sermon series that we are beginning today and will continue through the month of December is one where we're going to borrow the acronym UFC, but we're going to change the name. We're going to change it to Ultimate Faith Club. This series title is Ultimate Faith Club, When Faith is the Fight. Let me ask you, what kind of a fight do you find yourself in lately? What are you wrestling with these days? I suppose we're all kind of fighting to save Christmas 2020, aren't we? We're all wrestling with a mix of emotions during this year of pandemic, especially as we draw closer to the holiday that we all hold so very dear, the celebration of Christmas. But think for a moment about the characters of that first Christmas. The cast of our Lord's nativity were each in a fight of their own kind, a spiritual fight, a fight of faith in the face of some rather difficult circumstances. So each week in December, we are going to wrestle alongside these very real human beings from the Christmas story who are trying to salvage and make sense of the spiritual challenges before them. And as we observe these first century members of the Ultimate Faith Club, we have the opportunity ourselves to grow as UFC members also. So, what do you say? Are you ready to rumble? Sorry, I always wanted to say that. Well, the characters that we are considering this week are Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth. We read about them in that first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Zechariah was a priest at the temple in Jerusalem, and Elizabeth was also from a priestly family herself. Elizabeth, of course, was a relative of Mary, who would be the mother of our Savior. Both of these individuals, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were quite elderly. They had been married for many years, but they were unable to have any children. This was especially difficult, no doubt, for Elizabeth. For in that day and age, it brought a certain level of cultural shame and disgrace to not be able to bear children. No doubt she faced any number of comments of ridicule from others around her. 
And those of you who have known the pain of not being able to have a child, you probably too have been the victim of various insensitive and rude comments from people around you. You can relate perhaps a bit to what Elizabeth was feeling. Well, as the story goes, Zechariah was in the temple one day, carrying out his priestly duties at the altar of incense. And while he was in the temple, the angel Gabriel was sent by God and appeared to Zechariah right there in the temple. And Gabriel came there to bring Zechariah a message of good news. And the message was that he and Elizabeth would indeed have a son and that they were, give, they were to give this boy the name John. The angel goes on to give great detail about the significance of this uh, boy that they were going to have in their life, but I have a feeling Zechariah probably didn't hear very much of what else Gabriel had to say. He was probably so overwhelmed by the message that the only thing he can respond with is, how can I be sure of this? That's the question he asks. How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years, he says. And because of his lack of trust in God's message through Gabriel, Zechariah was quieted, was muted until the day that his son was actually born. He wasn't able to speak, not a single word. Well, consider the fight of faith that these two were now experiencing. Elizabeth had been wrestling with her feelings of disgrace and wondering if God was really still with her. Zechariah was wrestling now with his doubts about the angel's message and probably his doubts about God himself. But then, as the new reality of actually having a baby in their senior years begins to set in, both of them are now wrestling with the question, what? What, what does this mean? I mean, how can this possibly be happening? What's going on here? And in the story of their lives, the story that God is writing for them, they, along with Mary and Joseph, of course, are trying to understand the magnitude of the plot twist that is being presented to them. Elizabeth and Zechariah were to be the parents of, very, of a very special person. That boy, John, would be the one who would go ahead of the Messiah and would prepare the way for the Savior's arrival. And Mary, of Joseph, Mary and Joseph, of course, would be the parents of the Lord himself. You know, in the life stories of people, God seems to reserve the right to make left turns and to author plot twists that rival those that we might see in a Michael Crichton novel or an Agatha Christie mystery. And just think about it. There is this plot twist that is Christmas 2020. What do we make of this? How many days do we wake up again and ask ourselves, what? 
Is this really happening? What is going on here? COVID has kind of eclipsed that rather courteous human conversation go-to of, hey, how's the weather? We're all talking about COVID, aren't we? All the time. The 2020 plot twist in our life stories really does make us realize how very small we are, how powerless we are, how lacking in resources we are in and of ourselves. This particular plot twist leaves us twisting in the wind of helplessness. And if that isn't difficult enough of a fight, add to that the fact that our sinful corruption only makes this plot twist even twistier, you might say. And what do we tend to do? We tend to blame God, we rely on ourselves more, and we throw the well-being of others to a place of lesser importance as we become rather self-centered. Like Elizabeth and Zechariah, we begin to doubt the promises and the goodness of God. And just as the culture around them exacerbated their pain and fueled their doubts, so also our ever-increasingly secular culture would push us to doubt the goodness of Almighty God today. Well, welcome to the Ultimate Faith Club, where faith is the fight. But be careful here. Before you rashly take the fight out there, let's recognize that the, the one we wrestle with the strongest is our own inner self. Perhaps we would all benefit from being muted for a while like Zechariah was. Perhaps in this last month of 2020, we would all do well to simply sit quietly and listen. Listen once again to the promise of God, the promise that was fulfilled in that little town of Bethlehem where Christ the Savior our Savior, your Savior, was born. Friends, when we look at the rest of the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, it's interesting to notice the response that they end up making, as well as the response that uh, Mary and Joseph made as well upon processing their good news about the child to be born to them. What is it they all do? They all worshiped God. They all sang new psalms to God. I mean, go ahead and read all of Luke chapter 1 sometime and notice the songs of praise to God that come from the lips of these Ultimate Faith Club members. You know, psalms and songs of praise are often the answer to divine plot twists. I mean, think about the story of Moses and the Israelites in the Old Testament. There they were trapped at the edge of the Red Sea with the Egyptian armies bearing down upon them. What were they going to do? God introduces a rather interesting plot twist as he tells Moses to raise his staff and the waters are parted. The Israelites cross over on dry ground. They make it to the other side safely. The Egyptian armies are drowned in the sea. And when they get to the other side, when the Israelites are safe on the other side, what do they do? Well, 
Moses and his sister Miriam lead the people in singing psalms of praise to God. It seems to be the right thing to do, singing praise to God for his goodness. Let me ask you a question. As a member of the Ultimate Faith Club yourself, what is your worship of God looking like these days? When the plot twists of life surprise you, is your first inclination to sing praises to God or something else? Is worship something that you do frequently, daily even? You know, is it something you do as often as you would talk about the weather? Hopefully even more so. Is it a part of your everyday response to God's grace and his tender loving mercy toward you in Christ Jesus? And what are the psalms of praise that you sing to your Lord? When I was installed here as pastor at Shepherd of the Desert, at my installation service, two gentlemen from the congregation sang a duet based on Psalm 121. It has been one of my favorite psalms ever since especially because of the opening words. It says, I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I think of that Psalm literally every single day as I go out of my house and look up toward those beautiful McDowell Mountains here in Scottsdale. Every time I look at those hills, I'm reminded of these words of promise and praise. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord who made those hills and made all things. It's my little daily way of worshiping God and singing a psalm of praise to Him. You know, the Advent season affords each of us the opportunity to see the bigger picture of God's salvation story, and therefore to see the full meaning of our own life stories as well. And that gives us every reason to sing God's praise. Advent helps us understand, of course, clearly what the fight of faith is really all about. The greatest plot twist of all, God takes on flesh. And from a manger to a cross, the incarnate Christ removes our sin and opens heaven to all who believe. Friends, whatever else 2020 has been for you, I pray that more than anything, it is a year that ends with each of us fighting the good fight of faith and singing the praises of him who is the author and finisher of each of our life stories, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Welcome to the Ultimate Faith Club. Amen.